Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Yes, what a handsome young man we've got on the next week. He's gorgeous. Danny Graham, how are you doing, big boy? I'm very good, mate. Yourself? I'm great, I'm great. I need to say, mate, the barnet is sensational. There's no way oh, that's head and shoulders. That's not a head and shoulders job. No, it's a shape, mate. I barely washed it, to be honest. Takes too much time. <laughs> Oi, big mo Bruce copying you, Tony. Yeah, he followed him, didn't he? Um, I said I was growing my hair, and the next thing Charlie's grew is, and Obviously, Charlie's a big, handsome, handsome man, so he kind of killed me a bit with that. But there's a lot of people growing their hairs now, which is uh, quite strange. Oh, you read that on it as well, aren't you? Ah, uh, he's trying to, but he's proper thin, mate. He hasn't got long left, to be honest. So <laughs> he's trying to grow it, so he looks alright. Oh, yeah, and he's a bit five foot three, mate. He's not pulling it off, eh? <laughs> nah, he's not pulling it off, mate. He's a typical Essex boy, him. Some man. Uh, I know we'll put it in later on the questions, but big Charlie, what a man he is, eh? Oh, mate, I had, I think he's signed pretty much, I've probably done about four years with him, mate, and I swear every single day was a laugh and a giggle, mate. Obviously, you, you know what he's like. When it comes to training and games, mate, he's, you know, he's out in the pro, but off the, off the pitch and, you know, around the training ground, he's he's brilliant, mate. He he made us laugh 24-7. Did, he, did you hear his story about terrorising security guard at Celtic? <laughs> uh Possibly, go on, fill me in. He told on the podcast the other day, but I was just going to ask you, does he do that at Blackburn? Like, is nobody safe? Does he go after physios and security guys? Oh, yeah, yeah, we we tortured um, <laughs> the maintenance guy. He got a bit. And then uh, he's like a director when all this COVID was going on. He was texting them, winding them up, saying someone had farted. <laughs> you need to check with um, the FA to see if that's all right and stuff like that, mate. We were crying. <laughs> Oh, what a hero, man. All right, we'll come yeah. again in a bit, mate, but we'll start with the career. Uh, yeah. I love this about you. Non-league upbringing, Chester Lee Street. What are your memories of those days? Was there dog shit on the pitch? Oh, dog shit on the pitch. About three people in the stand. Uh, it was carnage, mate. Um, obviously, you know, I didn't do the, the youth team uh, at Middlesbrough or anything. I joined sort of second year um, scholar at the time and, you know, it was great for me, I think, playing non-league and playing against, you know, big men at the time. And I was just a skinny little boy. Um, so I think that helped me um, progress into, you know, going into the academy side of things. And, you know, Chesley Street was great, mate. Obviously, we, it started off my career, which was which was massive for me. Was it the same as like a pro youth with the older boys? Talk, like, would, would they get on you? Is that your teammates? At Chesley Street? Yeah. Oh, yeah, massively, mate, yeah. What sort of stuff you, did they do, yeah? 
this is the handmost, mate. We even like non-league, mate. We used to have to sing and and stuff like that in the change rooms. It would make us tidy up the pick up their kit and you know they'd lob the slips at us and stuff like that, mate. It was brutal, but you know I think it kind of stood me in good stead to be perfectly honest. Do you think that made you a better player? No, going through a youth, youth system. Um, quite possibly. I, I feel as though when I did go in at Middlesbrough, I felt as though I was, you know, built for men's football, possibly more than the rest of the boys. But then on the other side, I did miss out on a lot of a lot of training. Obviously, they were training. Most of the boys were there from 12, 13 year old and they, they grew up together. So probably missed a lot of it on the t- technical and tactical side of it. But, you know, I was I ready for men's football. Me. Tactical side, all the shit at young age. Yeah, it's a lot of shite, mate, but you know what it is nowadays. It's it's non-stop, mate. Everything's tactical and, you know, it's a bit of a ball ache, really, to be honest. But, but, you know, I did enjoy that non-league experience, to be honest. Was it constant boozing at non-league? Oh, it's been constant boozing throughout my career. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, it was, to be fair. Um, you know, after games, the lads are sitting there with a the pint and you know, I remember at the time I, I had two or three... Few pounds, mate, and I was feeling it at 17, 18 year old. Would any? You what, sorry? You what, sorry? Would any boys ever play hungover? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. All the time, mate, yeah. All the time. All the time. There was a lot, a lot of, them, of them, probably, probably two, two or three most games. That's amazing, man. What about you, now? No, not at the time, mate. No. Not at the time. So, how did Middlesbrough come about? Did Middlesbrough have a scout with that day games? Yeah, so what was Chester Street? We played in the FA Youth Cup, the the, uh, the start of the FA Cup. We were playing like Bradford PA and teams like that, mate. And then we got into the first round proper. We played Hartlepool. Uh, we got beat off them, but I'd done well in the lead up. And then I ended up having a week's trial. Uh, <laughs> played the game at the end of that week against, ironically, Blackburn. Uh, scored a goal. Then they sent me away. And then on the Tuesday night after that, the they come to the Chesley Street first team game, um, which I didn't know. They'd already arranged the scouts to come along and, and check me out. And I managed to score two that game. And then after that, they rang me up and said, come and sign. Uh, right, mate. A guy who's also trying to date his hair like you, Steve McClan. He, <laughs> <laughs> he was your manager, mate. When did you first meet him? Uh, I didn't really meet him until probably six months, you know, in the... Uh, my scholarship really obviously I was doing well in the youth team scoring a lot of goals and then I got the call up to you know train with the first team and stuff like that and he'd obviously said he'd seen a lot of uh, a lot of me in them six months and he wanted to ease me into the first team setup, which was which was great coming out of non-league to six months later training with the first team was was tremendous and he was really good to, uh, he was a really good coach mate he was a really good guy as well to be fair and he helped me a lot uh, certainly early on uh, have you got any uh, good youth team stories? Not really, mate. To be fair, all of them are quite, you know, professional and, you know, everything was football, 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 really. There's a few of the lads, Tony McMahon. Um, oh, he's a bit mad, Tony McMahon. Tony McMahon, uh, he's, he's brilliant, mate. But he never used to drink, but he was he was hilarious. He was he was a bit like Charlie, but like, now he's, he's non-stop drinking, so it's kind of changed, but, no, it was really a, um, a quite a professional dressing room, even though we were so young. Would Tony McMahon give the, the first team players a bit? Somebody told me you yeah. to answer first team players. 
Yeah, he did, mate. Yeah, he was very lively, very chirpy for a 17, 18 year old, you know, breaking into the team. And as you've probably know, the the first team at Middlesbrough at the time had some really big players as well. And I think they kind of enjoyed that though. Um, a young lad coming in, quite chirpy. Uh, he got away with, with quite a bit, to be honest. Hey, what what would he get away with? No, just the way he, he, he probably talked to players and he probably talked to senior players. He, he talked to youth team players and, you know, you kind of think, well, what's he, what's he doing now? What's he, what, what's he getting at here? And then, you know, the, the lads kind of took to him, which was surprising, to be honest. I thought he would have got hammered a bit more. Did you play with Tom Craddock, Danny? Yeah, I did, yeah. Played a lot Probably of them in, in reserves. Um, yeah, he's a, good, he's a good guy, Tom, yeah. Uh, obviously, he's, I don't think he's playing anymore. I think he's coaching at Middlesbrough, actually. Yeah, yeah. I think he's doing the 15s and stuff like that. So, yeah, he's kind of slipped out of the, out of the game, which is a shame, really. Right, mate. One of my heroes, and you could have uh, mistaken him for Steve McLaren's brother, Ray Parler. Oh. <laughs> What's he like? The, be- the best, mate. He was... By far the funniest man at Middlesbrough. He was hilarious, mate. He was just non-stop. I heard the story when um, Southgate took over. Nah, go on, give us and it. He, and, he, and he called a meeting. So, you know, obviously, Gareth had played with most of the boys who were in the dressing room and, you know, he sort of started off the meeting saying, listen, boys, um, obviously it's going to be Gaffer now or uh, stuff like that. So he's throwing a few names out there and Ray's went, what about Big Nose? <laughs> and then the room just erupted. And then about about three months later, Ray was out in the club. <laughs> so he called Southgate Big Nose? Yeah, he says, what about Big Nose? <laughs> the whole place erupted. And then, uh, like I say, mate, he, he put... Do you watch him on Twitter, mate? He can booze, can't he? Oh, he is a proper boozer, mate, yeah. He is a proper boozer. He's doing all them Jaeger bombs and stuff like that, isn't he, for people's birthdays on, on Twitter and Instagram and stuff like that. Would he be like that when he played, big man? Would he go to the pub yeah. quite a bit? Yeah, oh yeah, he was always in the pub, mate, yeah. He loved what, it. Did- Even from his Arsenal, I think, that's from, I think that's from his Arsenal days, really. Obviously, Tony Adams and Paul Mersons and people like that, he, he sort of grew up with. So, <laughs> he, he he could be in the boozer four times a week, easy. Would you ever get to go on? No, no. I, I wouldn't have dared at the time, mate. I was trying to find my feet in the first team. We did have a Christmas do, like a Christmas dinner one time and I ended up in the arm on with him and he had to take me home. He, he can drink. Well, just you and Parler on a night out? No, there was a few of us and then it obviously ended up just us two and then he's had to take me home because I can't even remember where we were, <laughs> what bar, what club we were in. <laughs> oh, how much does he look like me, Selena, that does the podcast? <laughs> he does, to be fair, mate, yeah. He's a ringer. Uh, as you said, mate, some proper big hitters, Hasselbank, Southgate, Mendia, Zenden, Ekiog, uh, who was the best? Mendieta. By a country mile. He was what a player, unreal. Man. Yeah, what a player. Mate, so like you've got to think I was I was <laughs> I was playing with big men in Northern League. And then, you know, within a year I'm training with Mendieta, Hasselbank, Southgate, Ekiog. It was it was kind of surreal. Um but they were great with me. Hasselbank and you know, we had big Mark Viduga, who was unbelievable. Um what a player. Yeah, yeah, what a player, mate. It was, I, I've never seen anyone hold the ball up as well as Viduga did. He was so strong and he could roll centre-offs comfortably. So it was good. I got to, you know, see a lot from, obviously, Hasselbank's finishing, the way Viduga played his game with holding the ball up, etc. So it was great to have them players around to learn off um, as a young striker. 
Mate, I love it. Always asking this. Any funny big time shouts for any of them? Um, not not really. Not like not that I can think of at the top of my head. I remember Mendy had a private jet. Um, wow. and he was playing reserve team football at Milgram. Um, so he would obviously just fly off to back to Spain and stuff like that. But you know, even even when he was bombed out, man, he was playing reserve team football uh, for a year. You know, never once did he let his head drop. He, he trained exactly the same as he did when he was in the first team. So that was great to see as well as even boy, you know, growing up. I know you said that some of them were great, but was, it, was there anyone that would hammer you constantly? No, there wasn't, to be fair. Yeah. It was a real good group. No, there was a real good group, mate. And a lot of them were out to help the youngsters, which was which was massive for us, like me, Stewie Downham at the time. Uh, Andrew Davies was coming through, James Mousson. You know, there was a lot of us coming through and they, they kind of took a shine to us and, and tried to help us as much as they can, really. Um, another, who, so, other than Parler, who else would have been funny in that first team? Any other funny lads? By Tony Mack when he got in, Andrew Davies. He was very good. Uh, yeah. He was good. Uh, yeah, he came up here, didn't he? He was at Ross County, I think, for a bit. Yeah. How okay, the guys? He he's brilliant. He lives around the corner from me, down here. So I see quite a bit of him. He's brilliant, mate. He had a lot of bad injuries when he was younger, mate. I, I do feel he would have had a better career if he hadn't sustained them injuries early on. Uh-huh. Did the first team love McMahon and Davis? Uh-huh? Yeah, yeah, loved them. Loved them, mate. So would they two even get up in that a bit, McMahon and Davis? Yeah, anyone. It was crazy, anyone. But like I said, they would, they would somehow get away with it and they wouldn't get hammered. Whereas, like, obviously, I've been to different clubs and if a young lad says something to a, a senior pro and stuff, they get caned. But it didn't seem to be like that in Middlesbrough for, for whatever reason. Wow. Uh, McLaren was at his peak then, mate. Obviously, he's got a reputation now with a Dutch accent and that. What kind of guy is he? <laughs> Obviously, obviously, he was great for me, mate. He, he gave me my Premier League debut and, you know, my first, even European football against Sporting Lisbon at home and stuff like that. He was, I thought he was a, a really, really good coach, mate. He he handled the dressing room really well with the amount of big, you know, names we had in, within the squad. Obviously, the Carlin Cup, he, he led Middlesbrough at do, which was massive for a, a team like Middlesbrough. So, he'd done a great job. He was a, he was a great guy, mate, and he, he was great for the young lads because he did give a lot of, a lot of us a chance to play Premier League football. So, you know, I've only got good things to say about him, really. Yeah, he done well. Uh, mate, you were put on loan a few times. Carlisle. Was that, was that mate? <laughs> I've played at Carlisle, man. It's tough, isn't it? Oh, it's tough on a Tuesday night when it's blowing a gale. <laughs> it's tough, yeah. But listen, I went, on, I went on loan a few times, mate, as a young lad. And I, I probably didn't grasp the opportunity as well as I should. Um, I ended up probably three or four loan spells before I even went to Carlisle. And the Carlisle one, you know, I just seen to hit the ground running. Um, I think I scored seven in the 11 games on, on loan at the back end of the season. I was probably about 21 going on 22 at the time. I was thinking I need to play week in, week out. And uh, that felt as though it was the right place for me to do that. Obviously, after having a good loan spell there, I felt as though if I went in, I'd probably play and, you know, get myself 40 games and, a number of goals and that seemed to work out well for me to be honest. How does uh, how does the League One dressing room compare to the the big hitters in the Premier League? I thought I went back to Chester Lee Street there, to be honest. <laughs> no, to be fair, mate, we 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 used to get uh, changed in the first team uh, dressing room at the stadium 
and then we'd walk through like a park and then we'd train on the, like a big open field and there was like all sorts of dog shite and people walking around. Uh, so it was a lot different, mate. We obviously were washing your own kits and, and stuff like that. But but for me, mate, it was probably the first time I'd played week in, week out and seen the f- football and I, I did really enjoy it. Who was it? Who was the older guys there? Was Graham Cavanagh there at that time there? Yeah, Cav come in, to be honest. Um the worst, good... fringe, worst fringe in football, mate. Oh mate, we went to um We went to Carlisle Racing team and Cav come in and obviously he's got his little quiffs sticking up and he's about four strains ahead. <laughs> and uh we, we were steaming, young lads. So we've all got the beer mats and we stuck the beer mats on our head like that. As <laughs> is the quiff. And he didn't like it one bit, mate. Obviously like to going back to did Maka get away with it at Middlesbrough? How many old lads? Well, we were getting on Cav and he come down on us, mate. Uh, so we had a good team, to be honest, mate. Kieran Westwood, the goalie, yeah. Joe Garner. Um, we had a few good players, to be honest, mate, which was which was quite pleasing because you know Carlisle's right up at the top, isn't it? And it's it's hard yeah. to attract players, to be honest. Who was the manager? Who wasn't the manager? Neil Neil McDonald signed me after my loan spell and after the first game we drew 1-1 with Walter he got sacked <laughs> and I'm thinking what oh my god what have I done here I was thinking this can't be right I was, I was thinking did we lose that game on Saturday or what so it was, it was quite surreal we never really found out why he got sacked but mate, one game in the season we drew away and he got sacked and and the first game of the season the first game of the season <laughs> the very first game, I'm thinking, oh, what? this is going to be a disaster, this. It's got to be. And then Greg Abbott took over. And then we had John Ward. And that's when we got to the uh, the playoffs against Leeds. So, to be fair, he'd, he'd done a good job, John Ward. So, it worked out quite well. Mate, I must have played against you at that time. Calvin, I sent him in. Was Ian Hart there at the time? Hart, he was there, yeah. He come on uh, loan, yeah. Mate, he was caviar for the one, wasn't he? Oh, my God. Mate, we played Cheltenham away and there was a free kick, right? And I was stood over it and he went, move. And <laughs> I, I wasn't actually stood over it to take it, mate. I've never took a free kick in my life. And he went, I am going to whip this goalkeeper's side, top corner. <laughs> sure enough, he's took this left foot, mate, around the wall, keep a side in the stanchion and ran off laughing. I was like, oh, my God. I tell you what, he had a good in, um, initiation uh, when we first signed. It was normally like a, um, you have to do a speech about yourself. So he got up, he went, <laughs> I'm in heart. I've played in the World Cup and I missed a pal- uh, penalty against Spain and sat back down. <laughs> 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 we were buzzing. Mate, he was a joke. We he centre, I never even played left back. He played centre half and he would just yeah. spray boys about, wouldn't he? Mate, he scored 18 goals. Is it from centre half? It was unbelievable. He was he was Rolls Royce, mate. He was frightening. It was like Charlie when Charlie played championship, mate. In his left foot, the the whipping, you know, the accuracy they they get on that ball, you know, it's a massive asset to have in that league because you know a lot of goals are scored from set players. Charlie was scoring from corners. Ian Hart could probably do the same. Mate, I'm absolutely devastated. You put Big Charlie in the same bracket as Ian Hart, man. He'll live off that forever. Ah. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> he will. He probably text me. He probably text me afterwards, thanking me. Mate, Ian Hart got a move. He got another move after Carlisle, didn't he? Because he was that good. Did he go back to Leeds? No, he went to Reading. Reading, that was right. And he scored about fifteen for them in the championship. And then he went to Bournemouth. 
Right, mate, you went to Watford. Why did you decide on Watford? Well, Watford, the actual first person I spoke to was Brendan Rodgers. He put the deal in place. Wow. So, so he was he was in charge when I was, you know, come to the end of me contact to Carlisle and was speaking and, you know, obviously Watford was great. I felt as though I needed to move away. I felt as though I was, you know, I'd been around the North East all, all my life. I felt as though I needed to get away from from friends and distractions, really, to be honest. I was 23 and I thought, if I'm going to kick on, I have to kick on now. You know, at Carlisle, mate, we, we were out every Saturday, Tuesday. Um, you know, it was getting beyond the jog, to be honest. Me, Joe Garner, you know, young Gary Medine at the time and, Gary Medina, that's right. What a guy, mate. He was wild, wasn't he? What a guy. He's one of my good mates, to be honest, mate. I still I speak to him quite a lot. Mate, were you so, the like, money not Carlisle for it? No, I wasn't. I'd left. But then he got in trouble at Sheffield as well, didn't he? So he, he got locked. Did he get locked up with Carlisle or did he get locked up with Sheffield? Sheffield Wednesday he got locked up. Yeah. Some Sheffield United fans swilled him. And he's dislocated his jaw or something like that. He's done about six months inside. I went to visit him. <laughs> Did you? Uh, took him some insults at him. <laughs> he was a hard bastard, Gary Medin, man. Oh, man. He is solid, yeah. He's a full-on animal. When he loses it, he loses the property, mate. It's scary. Yeah. So that was your crew, you, Joe Garner and Gary Medina, huh? Yeah, pretty much, mate. Joe was wild as well. And I was 22, 23, man. I was... You know, I was wild as well. So there's three of us just out all the time, mate. You know, born around Carlisle steam and just wasn't wasn't good, mate. <laughs> what was uh, what was Brendan Rogers back like like back like then, sorry, because obviously he wasn't a household name, he was No, well I spoke I spoke to him and obviously he was pretty much like he is now. So he must have had a drilled into him from early early on in his managerial career how he was gonna play. Uh, and he would stick to that principle no matter what. So, I, like I said, I spoke to him. Going back to the Watford thing, I spoke to him first. And then he took off to Redden. And I went, nah. Well, listen, like, I was thinking, oh, this deal isn't going to go through now. But luckily, Malky followed it up. And then I had a conversation with him. Went down there, had a look around the training ground and stuff. And, you know, obviously signed. And it was probably one of the best decisions I made, to be honest. Malky McKay was flying at that time. What, what made him so good at, then? For me, I thought I thought a lot of it was his man management. He could handle the dressing room and, and keep everyone on side, which was massive. You know, you can be the best coach in the world for me, but if you if you get the respect of the boys, I think it goes a long way. You know, they'll, they'll do anything and everything for you. Uh, he was great with giving lads days off, and you know, he just had a knack of keeping everyone happy, which was I think massive for us at the time. Mate, talk, living in London, talk to me. How good. Probably another mistake, I. <laughs> I went from not got, not being out in London at all to about fifty times in my first season. <laughs> is, it, is it is it that good? Uh? Yeah, it's, it's that good, mate. And then obviously where I lived it was ne- right next to St Albans, and that was that was lovely, mate. You could go on there on a Sunday session, sit in the bars all day. We had Stephen McGinn there, Don Cowie, um, you know we had a we had a good squad at the time, mate. And, you know, you did have a, a, a right good laugh as, as, along with it. Uh, 27 goals in your second season. What was that, Duna? Good players? Or good just players. you being brilliant? <laughs> I think good players, but I, th- I feel as though the second season, Marky sort of, you know, built the squad around getting me chances. Um, and obviously, Don Carey, he must have set up 
half of my goals that season. Uh, we had Will Buckley at the time who went on to Brighton and stuff. And he was flying. And, you know, everything I seen to touch that season pretty much, you know, went in. Even if it wasn't a great strike, it would, it would go on to keep his body or what. And it just seemed to, everything seemed to go my way. We were flirting with the playoffs around January time and there was a lot of interest in, you know, Marky pretty much begged me to stay, um, which I did. And I'm kind of glad I did because, you know, that's probably, well, that is my best goal scoring season by far. Um, and, you know, I had two unbelievable years at Watford. But you kind of turned in the Premier League, mate. No, I've got a good story about Watford, actually. So we, <laughs> that second season, I got in Team of the Year. So the lads have booked the table at the PFA Awards for the, for the gala, you know, when you get your trophy and stuff for being in the, the team of the year. So we've went out early doors around St Albans, all suited up and stuff like that. Got to be there six o'clock, seven o'clock, something like that. Next thing, mate, it's eight o'clock, nine o'clock. My phone's ringing, it's my agent. Where are you? We we didn't turn up to the PFA, do mate. We just stayed out in London. We <laughs> completely missed it. Didn't, I didn't get my medal for 18 months. <laughs> Love that, mate. Fuck your medal. Oh, I got it in the house somewhere. Yes, love that. So you just patched the, the awards and went out and got steam in there? Batched it, mate, and went out all day. There was 10 of us on the table. Not one turned up. <laughs> <laughs> love that, man. Uh, and then Swansea comes in, mate. Brendan, was it Brendan Rodgers that, that tipped it as well? Yeah, it was, to be fair. I spoke to um, Neil Warnock, Roy Hodgson at West Brom at the time. So I'd met them first and then obviously Swansea were in the playoffs so I had to wait till, you know, or not to speak to Brendan. You know, I went down to London uh, the day after the playoff game and within about five or ten minutes, mate, I looked at my agent and I was like, that's where I'm going. Um, just the way he wanted to play football and, you know, high press, everything about it was... I felt it was always right for me at the time and, you know, I'm so glad I did go then. I had a great year with Brendan um, who improved me massively as a player and, and, you know, probably improved every single one of us in the squad. Mate, just talk to me. What, what was that meeting like with Neil Warnock? Carnage. <laughs> was it? What did he yeah. say? No, he's, he's, just, he's just off it, mate. He was telling me about um, his story about adults who wrapped. So he was like, I think it was Sean Derry who was... Uh, captain in the championship season and uh, he took the captaincy off Sean Derry and gave it to Tarap and he said oh, I think it was him Derry, Clint Hill Kenny and a few other boys were absolutely livid because he apparently Tarap just like tossed training off didn't turn up come when he wanted to but Warnock was like no listen he says so he got the five of them in he says listen this guy will get us promoted he says just back me with it. Let him get on with what he has to do. He will get us to the Premier League. And sure enough, that season he was unbelievable and got in the Premier League. And he said all five of them went in at the end of the season and thanked them for what he'd done, <laughs> <laughs> which well, was great. Man, but yeah, he, he, he was sound. He was he was sound. To be fair, one you, you could you could tell he was a you know he, he was all for the lads, mate. He, he was telling me if he didn't want to play in reserve games. You know, you, you didn't have to. You just have to look after him, sort of thing. And he seemed a bit wild, but I think for me, mate, the the pole for Swansea was the way they played massively, Brendan. Mate, I was a, uh, I was, I coached the kids at Celtic when Rogers was the manager, and 
see when you speak to him about football, it blows your mind too, doesn't it? Um, he knows everything. He knows everything about everyone, and it's you just don't know how he does it. It's mad, mate. But um, he was he was funny, Brendan, because he used to try and speak uh, Spanish to the Spanish boys uh, in training and stuff, and they they were like, he he doesn't have a clue. He can't pronounce the sayings right, <laughs> but they were just just replying like, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Love that. But, uh, man. He was great, mate. He 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 was um. He was great, to be fair, mate. He's another great way of dealing with everyone and keeping the squad happy. What's his training like? Unreal. Mate, I went in, obviously. Oh, it's got possession boxes. Everything was, everything was football-related. I think we'd done one day running, but it was the easiest runs we've probably ever done, mate. The rest of it was small uh, possession games, five or six games and then you just make the areas bigger as the session went on everything was with the football even warm-ups was with the football pass it to, to a guy the man that can do your stretch in between constantly everything was with the ball mate it's mad how he does that as I say I've watched him train a couple of times it just goes from a small box to a bigger box to a bigger yeah. and everything's in the same area it blows your mind eh? it blows your mind mate I, I couldn't believe it mate hands down the best the best manager I've had hands down and I think you'll only get better as well you know obviously you look where he went he, he done so well at Liverpool I'm so close to winning the, the league and then obviously Celtic he you know he pretty much won everything gone and then I, th- I think he's done a great job at Leicester as well I always ask people that played under him this question like do you ever does he ever get angry very very rarely very rarely long as long as you, you're trying to do the the right thing he really you know has a go at you if he thinks you're doing something different what you know he doesn't think suited to our game plan then he'll probably have a go at you but I've never seen him really really angry no uh, mate what team that Swansea team was who, who was that? who was the best player Leon Britton was ridiculous wasn't he Leon Britton was great mate it was it, it was mad mate he's about three foot five but in possession even like small possessions and stuff he, he just couldn't get the ball off him it was strange to see we had Joe Allen as well in midfield, mate. And, you know, obviously, he moved on to Liverpool when Brendan went there. He was another one, unbelievable uh, centre midfield. Like, good. Um, he had a great team, the centre backs, uh, Ashley Williams, Stephen Cocker, you know, complemented each other well. Brendan was good with that. He he seemed to find the right blend and mix, and, you know, he fitted it all into the starting 11 and the subs on the bench. You know, if they come on, they could do the exact same job. My mates played with Stephen Cocker at Dundee and said he's miles off of it. Was he the same back then? Miles off of what as a player? No, as a as a guy. <laughs> Aye, he's miles off it, mate. He he was mad, mad, mate. He was he was a big drinker, um, just mental, mate. He was he was non-stop. He was a young lad playing week in week out in the Premier League. He was. He was mad. To be fair, mate, he wasn't the only one. There was me, Leroy Lita, um, Nathan Dyer to a certain extent. There was a lot of us, mate, who, who went out and, and, and had a good time. But Cox was certainly up there. What a guy. Mate, he, he's made a fortune. He's over in China now. He's made a fortune, hasn't he? He's been all over. He went, to, he went on loan to Liverpool at one point. So I, couldn't be, I couldn't believe it, mate. What, what Listen, he, he, he is a good lad. He, he is a good lad, Cox, and... 
you know, that season he had at Swansea, he, he was very, very good. Did Brendan no mind just going out and having a good time now? Not really, mate, no. Um, I think I only ever got pulled into his office once. Um, what was that for? For a night out. It was, it was something like, I think it was like two or three days before a game. It must have been three days before a game. And he pulled me out and he said, listen, I don't mind when it's Saturday, Saturday. I think it was a Saturday, Wednesday game and I went out and he was like, no, nah, it doesn't happen. He says, you go out when it's Saturday, Saturday, that's fine. But when there's midweek games and stuff like that, he says, don't do it again, which was which was fair enough, I suppose. Um, but we always used to have Sunday Monday off, mate, and you know a lot of the lads were, were out quite a bit. Um, living down there, it was good fun, mate. It was it was real good fun. What is it? I used to like Leroy later when I played. He was quite chirpy, wasn't he? Oh, Leroy's brilliant, mate. He he is a madman. Him, he is off it. He doesn't care about anything. He's so chilled, laid back, loves a drink. You know, good football as well, mate. I don't think he got a lot of credit for how good he actually was as a player. But he was, he was an even better lad. Uh, he was flying at Redden as well, wasn't he? Yeah, flying, mate. Yeah. Flying. Uh, how did you find the Premier League? Who was, uh, who was the toughest centre-half you played against? Um, the toughest pairing was Ferdinand and Vidic. I thought they were they complemented each other so well, mate. I don't even think we got a shot in two games against him that season. Um, and obviously, Vincent Company, he was a man mountain. Strong, quick, you know, probably one of the best centre-offs of the Premier League scene, in my, in my opinion, Company. What about Ben Clinton? Was there anyone that you played against and you thought he is a joke? Uh, Hazard. Probably Gareth Bale at the last season before. Before he moved to Mayali, he was frightening that scene. I remember we um, we played him and this is this is a Sunderland and the young lad made his debut and the whole team talk was do not show Bale inside on his left foot. <laughs> this young lad come in, he danced in danced in past him on off his uh, off the right hand side and whipped one we got beat by a one nil. He stuck a top in. <laughs> um but yeah Bale was special mate that season um before he went there to Real. What was uh, what was Swansea like for a night out? Good place. No, unreal, mate. Yeah, unreal. <laughs> Wine Street, Wine Street, mate. They used to they used to put bollards up in the bottom of the street and at the top of the street, and it was just like being on holiday, mate. Everyone was out on the street drinking. No cars could get up there. It was carnage, mate. We um, me and Levi went out on a Sunday one time. Uh, we we'd been out on the Saturday. We always had Sunday Monday off when it was week to week, so we went out on a Sunday. Um, we were steaming, mate. It was about four o'clock in the afternoon. We were starving. Like, come on, we're grabbing Nando's. So we've come outside of Nando's. <laughs> There's a group of kids, no older than 14, on scooters. So me and Leo were like, oh, give us a go this, mate. Next thing, we've took off. <laughs> we took off on the kids' scooters all the way up the street, and there's about 10 of them running after us. <laughs> it was carnage, mate. Love that. It was a real good, real good time down there, mate. Um, it wasn't massive, the, the centre and stuff like that. But real nice people, uh, real good night out, and more importantly, we had a good team as well, mate, which was, which was nice. And you finished top scorer that season for the club. Uh, that be your most enjoyable season in football? Yeah, I would say so. Obviously, the the one at Watford when I scored twenty seven, it's different. Um, obviously, we've been in the championship, but 
to finish top goal scorer for Swansea in my first season in the Premier League um, was massive. Um, you know, I, I didn't, I didn't really have any doubts that I would not score goals in the Premier League coming off the back of the season I had at Watford. I felt confident and, you know, I ended up with 14 that season and, you know, I was more than happy with the return I had. So when you're doing well for Brendan, does he make you feel like the best player in the world? Oh, mate, yeah, massively, yeah. I even, I remember we played uh, Newcastle away and he pulled me into his office and he started talking and he was on about, oh, listen, you're not going to be playing this game. And, you know, I walked out of his office thinking, I, like, I walked out feeling good. But then, I'm sure he told. Yeah, I'm sure. I'm sure he told me I'm not playing. And then when I was saying, obviously, we doing the shape, and I wasn't playing, but I still felt unreal even after what what he sent me. But I just didn't quite register it somehow. So he, he must have had a knack of, you know, how to talk to people and and keep everyone on side. But even if you played on a Saturday, and you know the boys would do a cool down on a, a Monday, Tuesday, he would stay with a group who hadn't played, and he would look after them. So he had a good way of keeping everyone together, mate. It was it was a clever, it was clever how he done it, mate. To be honest, because usually you'd get a manager who would just concentrate solely on the first eleven, isn't it? Huh? Yeah, yeah. And but he didn't. He was the opposite. He would never be with us after a game, or if we played or we didn't play. He would always be with the ones who hadn't started and didn't play enough minutes, so they had to do the the bits extra, bits of extra. Have you got a fit? Like he's quite known for strange team talks. Have you got like a favourite one? Um, do you know what, mate? It's a long time ago. I can't really, I can't really remember what he, he used to say. To be honest, did he say the one about he was the driver of the aeroplane? The Celtic boy says he used to say that quite a bit. <laughs> no, I didn't hear that one. No, I would have picked up on that one for sure. But I do remember when um, he signed for Liverpool. Obviously, it's it's Swansea. We were getting our training ground built, so the offices were tiny. <laughs> he's he's saying for Liverpool and he's the office is obviously huge. So he's he stood at the back of it and he's got someone to take a picture from the front of it and like you can see him with his arms up like that and he's about this big. <laughs> and he sent it to all the staff at Swansea. <laughs> so get on this new office. No time. Oh it's brilliant, mate. Brilliant. What a guy. Were you uh, were you devastated when he left, Danny? Yeah, I was to be honest, mate. I felt, I, I felt as though we were going to have a real good season the second season. Obviously, he would have added some more players and, you know, freshened it up a bit and kept people on the toes. Uh, so, I was devastated. But, you know, I can't really fault him. If, if Liverpool come calling for anyone, it's it's a no-brainer, really. See, when he sang Joe Allen, did you know there was any a wee sniff that he'd maybe take you now? Nah, no chance. I, I feel as though well, too many nights out on Wine Street. <laughs> Spoil that. <laughs> no, but even even no, I don't think so, mate. I I look at some of the strikers Liverpool had at the time, and you know I don't think it would have been right for me to even contemplate being a Liverpool player. To be honest with you, mate. Then an absolute legend comes in, man. Michael Lodrop. What was Michael, he like? He was the best player in training by a mile. He was unreal, mate. Would he join in every day? He would join it, make no little rundowns you do, 5v2. Yeah. He done one of them in America for about 15 minutes and I swear he did not go in the middle once. Wow. Unreal, I couldn't believe it. Um, yeah, he joined in pretty much more stairs, mate. His finishing was a joke. His passing was a joke. He was still fit. 
just everything, mate. You, you could obviously see how good of a player he really was when he was, you know, playing the Barca and Real Madrid. And did anyone smash him? No, you couldn't get near him. <laughs> Mental. What was he like as a guy? Was he having himself? Not really, mate. He was quite. He was quite uh, quiet, to be honest. He kind of come in and just continued on what Brendan really. He didn't do a great deal apart from pick the team if I, if if the truth be told everything was in place um, you know we had a certain way of playing and I don't think the chairman wanted that to change and he just kind of come in mate and, and just rolled with it really So what would he would he probably join in more than he would actually coach yeah? Oh yeah yeah more, more so than he uh, coach yeah a lot of it was down to um, his assistant and first team coach uh, he would join in and, and make a mockery of us and you know, just go home and stew over the team, probably. Would he ever take the piss out of you that he was better than this? No, he wouldn't. Honestly, he was he was so quiet. It was it was scary. He, he barely said two words. Even like his first meeting, you know, we were thinking, wow, that's not really got us going now, to be honest. <laughs> he was like quite, quite dour, to be honest. <laughs> it, was, it was a bit surreal. But like I said, mate, he didn't really have to do a lot or change a lot because everything was in place. Mm-hmm. Uh, the, the arrival of Michu did that uh, in his form did that kill you a bit mate huh? well me and Michu we started off the season um, we played QPR away beat them 5-0 we played West Ham at home beat them 3-0 first couple of games and we both scored goals in the opening game so you know I felt as always going to be a, a good partnership um, and then I can't remember what game it was I think it was Redden at home I come off at half time and then after that, he went on the craziest run of goals, mate, I've, I've seen. Um, he was flying, mate. Not many defenders could really cope with him. He was big, physical, quite quick. Uh, would put, put his head in. Um, and, you know, I think he ended up with 19 goals his first season, mate, which is ridiculous for a £2 million signing. Mate, he's an absolute myth, though, man. What's happened to him? Ah, uh, I've got no idea. I think he's lost in Swansea somewhere. He must be, mate. <laughs> now, to be fair, the last the last I'd seen of him, really, he went to uh, Napoli, didn't he, on loan? And then I think he had a real bad injury or he had something wrong with his ankles. And then, and after that, he was, he was never the same. And he tried to go back to Swansea, but he obviously tried to force the move to Napoli as well with Gary Monk. And he come back and Monk was like, nah, I don't think so. And then, after that, mate, I think he was last I seen he was playing third division in Spain for his brother's team or something. Step onto the legendary clay courts of Roland Garros, where the world's best players battle it out for a chance to win the French Open title. Tennis Channel Plus is your place to watch. Stream every court from your phone or smart TV, live in HD. Don't miss a moment with daily live coverage and match replays on demand, beginning Monday, May 20th. Be there for all the unforgettable moments. Stream now with Tennis Channel Plus. Life is full of awesome what ifs and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out of pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. 
the secret to visibly firmer, summer-ready skin is here. Osea's number one best-selling Andaria Algae Body Oil. Clinically proven to instantly improve skin elasticity and transform dull, dry skin to silky, soft, and unbelievably glowing. Rich yet never greasy, Andaria Algae Body Oil is formulated with sustainably sourced seaweed to help replenish the skin's moisture barrier and seven nourishing active botanical oils for results you can see and feel all over. The best part? It's signature scent. A blend of freshly squeezed grapefruit, cypress, and mango mandarin transports you to sun-kissed summer days. This all-natural scent is unforgettable. Everything Osea makes is clean, vegan, cruelty-free, and climate-neutral certified, so you never have to choose between your values and your best skin. Get healthy, glowing skin for summer with clean, vegan skincare from Osea. Get 10% off your first order site-wide with code GLOW at oseamalibu.com. That's O-S-E-A Malibu.com code GLOW. What was he like as a guy? Is he chilled? Yeah, he's so chilled. But on the pitch, mate, he was, he had this switch. He would like scream and send them off spaces and, you know, he'd, he'd wind them up massively. They would try and boot them and then he'd just get back up and laugh at them and, you know, probably go and score a goal later on in the game. So, you know, it was it was good to see actually he had like a chill side of him off the pitch. But on it he was he was a bit of a lunatic, mate. Was he in it? You would never think that, mate. Yeah, no, he, he, man, I remember him screaming in people's faces, sent them off his face, isn't it? Mad. Just what, like, what, been, like, what about in the dressing room? What about in the dressing room you use? Would you crack up? Oh yeah, like there was him, uh Chico Flowers come in the centre half. And I don't think they'd seen a dressing room like us, mate. It was it was carnage, mate. We were we were driving on like lads are sitting on car bonnets, mate, driving across to the training ground and stuff like that, mate, and they're looking thinking, What is going on here? Lads hanging on as we're going around corners and stuff, mate. It was it was crazy. And they, they were just like, nah, I use a lot of mental. But then saying that on the Christmas dues and that, mate, they were they were there all the time. And they would have a drink, but I don't think they would have a drink um, you know, much throughout the season, to be honest. Nah. Uh, you were still having a, an important input, mate. You scored v Chelsea in the League Cup semi-final. Uh, did you not want to stay and fight for your place? No, nah, mate, I didn't. I hadn't really played a lot. And I only come on that game as sub as well. So I think I'd, I'd got back in the team and I think it was... I, th- I had something like three and four games and I didn't start the semis um, away. Obviously, he played me uh, up front. Um Obviously, he scored and then I come on the second half and I think Ivanovic has played a back pass and he's not realised I was there. And then I've made a 2-0. But I hadn't played a great deal, mate. And to be honest, I've always been about wanting to play football week in, week out. And I had a conversation with, with Loudrop and mentioned that I wanted to leave. He was saying, no, we need to keep you. But then, obviously, there was more interest coming in, there was bids coming in and then that allowed me to, to kind of push it a bit more. And then Sunderland, mate. What a, this is where the fun starts, isn't it? Sunderland. Right. Martin O'Neill, mate. Obviously, massive up in Scotland for Celtic fans. Do you like him? Is he a hero or her? I like, I like him, mate. I didn't get to spend enough time with him um, before he got sacked, obviously. Um, I met him a few times, obviously, before the move, you know, went through. And I love the way he, he spoke. And obviously, I'd spoke to a few lads who I knew who were at Sunderland at the time. And, I heard he was great with the players for for days off, and you know his training was good and stuff like that. So I was I was really excited to to work with him. And then a few games in, mate, we 
we all get a message saying he's got the sack and you know after that it was just manager after manager and it was a bit of a car crash really because uh, I don't know if you've watched Fletcher's interview but Fletch was it was you that he Martin wanted you to do a trick <laughs> is this the Dubai one yeah <laughs> but, uh, yeah so we we got on the plane obviously I you know, winter winter training camp. Uh, get on the train, uh, the train, the plane. Sorry, to to, to Dubai. Next thing, the lad ordered. Dubai, man. I had to about seventeen days, man. Still on it now. <laughs> <laughs> we um. So next thing I hear, oh, I'll have a bottle of wine. Bottle of wine. Bottle of wine. I'm thinking, who's that? Turn around with a few of the boys. So next thing, like, oh yeah, come. So next thing, there's rows of us, the lads. Just drinking wine and cans of Heineken and stuff. That next thing, God, oh, can we have another one? No, the plane's dry. And along me, the lads are spangled. And I'm thinking, wow, what a start this is. <laughs> so we get there, we get the hotel. We get the hotel a bit late. Um, Lee Catmore, Titus Bramble, I've said, right, get to our rooms. We'll order some more drink. So I'm thinking, fuck, fuck, fuck. I've, I've only just signed about four weeks ago. Um, so anyways, it was Fletch who chapped on me darkly because he was next door and he went, come on, we'll go down next thing, it's 10 to 6, we're trained, we've got to be on the coach at 9, I'm thinking, oh my God. So we get up and the boy played on that day, they'd done like a kind of a cool down and the rest of us done like 1v1s for like three minutes and I'm thinking, oh my God, I could be sick at any point of this. <laughs> so I'm up against a defender, Keda. Mangaya he's called I don't, I don't even think he played for something or maybe he's one sub appearance so I'm thinking right one on one three minutes I think ah you know I'll beat him yeah man I'm 4 nil down and I'm looking around thinking oh the lads are pissing themselves on the side and I'm thinking oh my god so Martin O'Neill's gone damn get at him get at him so I'm still steaming I'm trying to get at him and I fell over the ball he <laughs> 5-0 down he just blew the whistle he went that's enough I'm, I'm laying on the floor going, oh my God. So the lads are absolutely caning me on the bus and the gaffer's chirped up. So, to be fair, he was, he, was, he was sound about it. He knew he'd, I had a beer and stuff and he said something and I've just heard it in the back and I went, I went gaffer, hopefully you haven't seen me to take players on and just like sat back down in my seat and the whole bus has erupted and I'm thinking, have I really just said that? And then I'm looking around and Fletch is crying and Everyone's crying. I'm thinking, oh, what an idiot I am. Yeah. But to be fair, you've seen the funny side of it, man. Any other man on your stories, mate? Because you can go through boys, can't you? Like, it could be quite funny with people when, when he's slaughtering them. Yeah. But, like, it, it was hard, mate. I didn't really have that much time. I remember his assistant, while, uh, while he was um, Carlos Queller. <laughs> he so pointed out, I literally did never about. <laughs> I was there for about two days and he went Dan have you ever seen a Spanish player with no technique I went oh, no not really he went well have a look at him <laughs> pointed to Carlos man. I'm, I'm keeled over thinking wow <laughs> Carlos is just laughing at him I was thinking jeez <laughs> mate that trip he was ruthless Steve Over didn't he yeah oh, mate have you ever seen a Spanish player with no technique? I was like, no, he just went, well, there's one there. That was it. Wow. Did you ever get a beer with Martin O'Neill? I barely got a team talk off him. He was off. 
<laughs> what about uh, as tight as Bramble? Is he wild as well? Tight's <laughs> great, mate. Tight has actually lived on the place I live now when he was a saloon mate and he was mad. He was a, he was a single bloke, mate, living up here, out all the time. You know, God knows what else he was up to, mate. But do you know what? With T, I, I actually, I actually didn't realise how good of a centre half he was until I actually played with him. Mm. He was he was way better than people give him credit for. He was so strong and quick, and you know, he kind of knew your movements before you knew them. Do you know what I mean? He was always seems to be one step ahead. But he was a great guy, mate. Loved him. We had some. We had a right squad there. When Martin O'Neill got sacked, actually. It was Fletcher's birthday in Glasgow and a lot of us come up. So we're out and I can't, I can't remember where we had it um, in Glasgow, this nightclub, mate. It seemed to be like a two or three floor thing. So while uh, next thing, one of the lads gets a message, Martin O'Neill's been sacked. We're like, oh, wow, no way. So everyone's trying to scramble because we had Saturday Sunday up there. I think we'd be off on the Monday. So everyone's scrambling, like, oh, no way, what's happening? Oh, then next thing we get a message saying, oh, listen, you're still off on Monday. Um, we'll see you all Tuesday. So we're like, oh, jackpot. So Sunday, is it the golf lounge? Yeah, golf lounge, mate. In Glasgow, in Glasgow mate. We're, we're teeing up balls, mate, and chipping them into the restaurant. I'm thinking, oh, this isn't, isn't going to end up well, yeah. So we're sat, we're sat outside. Um, we're sat outside. It's down the steps, isn't it? You walk down the steps. We're sat yeah. outside. Sat outside, Matthew Kilgallen is uh, when I'll get the round in. So as he's getting a big, big round in the shots and drinks, get a message. He's in tomorrow at one o'clock. We're thinking, oh wow, this is like tea time, five, six o'clock. We're thinking, we're thinking we're going to have to get back here. So we walk upstairs. We're walking down the street. Next thing, killers come out with a big tray of shots and bottles and stuff. And he went, lads, what are you doing? He went, we're in tomorrow. I'm going to have to go. And he just went, yeah. Just tipped him and we carried on walking. <laughs> just all smashed on the floor and we just carried on walking. I was like, wow. So we got back. Got back and that was the start of the Canio. That was when we found out the Canio was in the next day. Mate, what's he first meeting? What sort of stuff has he said? Oh, just, Lord, mate. He was like, he was so agitated from the moment he got in there, mate. It was weird. He, like, he seemed to have a beanie's bonnet and, you know, he's saying we weren't good enough. Uh, we we'd underperformed. You know, basically laying into us to try and get a reaction. Um, and to be fair, mate, it kind of worked for two or three games. But then, you know, once it kind of fizzled out that that little run, he 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 became a bit brutal. To be honest, mate. Do you? I know how you said about the thirty-five runs. Was there any any other things that you've done or he said that you thought like, wow, what is this? Oh, mate, after, after we beat Newcastle, mate, he said he was going to go home and ram a banana up his arse and have a wank. <laughs> and I'm sitting there thinking, surely that's not enjoyable. Let's just go and have a few pints. <laughs> did he say why? <laughs> no, but I bet he did it. <laughs> mate, he was like that boss at Swindon, mate. He always used to talk about stuff like that, eh? Mate, you should like spit on his own. Like, you spit up in the end, let it slap off his forehead and that. And I'm like, what are you doing? It's not even funny. You're just making yourself look weird, mate. Yeah, would, uh, would anyone ever have, have a go back at him, Danny? It's quite scary, isn't not it? Not at the start. Yeah, yeah, he is, to be fair, mate. But a lot of the lads... Did you have the, the little fitness coach? Claudio, yeah. He used to click and all this all the time. Yeah. 
but man, he, 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 I think he kind of got us first because he was clicking it like John O'Shea, Wes Brown, mate. These, these guys have won Champions League and like there's ways and means to like talk to people and that, mate. But he was clicking to people and like the lad, like, what the, what are you doing, mate? Like, but to kind of at the start, mate, he was, he wasn't too bad. And it, like I say, it was more when we kind of went on a bad run and things went gone, gone great. He would, you know, I remember we done a, a drill with the mannequins. Did you ever do that one where you you play against just mannequins in the in the eleven v eleven? And yeah. someone crossed someone crossed the ball and young Connor Wickham missed his header, and he started screaming at him from the centre thingy. Now I will fight you and all this. And I'm thinking, what? He's nineteen year old. What are you doing? Really, like mad. I remember we done a eleven v eleven the day before a game. <laughs> and I think I think it was Craig Garner at the time. He's drilled the ball out to the right, and it's missed um, Phil Bardsley and went out of play. And he stopped it, stopped the session, mate. And made us they do a few doggies. <laughs> like, what the? What are you what are you doing? Yeah, it's all like everything had to be perfect. But you know, in football, it's never that way, is it? But in his eyes, it was, mate. Mate, I wonder how, I wanted to ask you this because see when he was at Swindon, he was always on the strikers, man. See, because he was a striker. He yeah. was constantly after your strikers, was he the same as Yeah, constantly, mate. He used to, to be fair, mate, he's finishing was a joke. He said, oh, no, 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 this is how you do it, mate. You take a touch and you just whip it in the top bin. And then you look at you like, yeah, you're crap, mate. That's how you do it, <laughs> you're crap. And I'm like, come on, man. But yeah, he was, to be fair, mate. And, it obviously all boiled over to a point where, you know, we'll get onto that in a bit where we, we all had a meeting and we all just went through basically. Yeah, great. We'll come in a bit, but I just want to ask you uh, last question on him when he first came in. How did you find the, the diet stuff and the, the butter and the ice and that? <laughs> we went to Italy, right? And uh, we're in this nice hotel and what have you. And it was just pasta for 10, well, I was only there seven days. Uh, for the seven days, mate, it was pasta, no ketchup, no nothing, just whatever they brung out, you had to eat. And we were like, nah, this can't be happening. And we had a game, mate, right? We had a game um, just in a, just like a local playing field it was. It was only against his mates. <laughs> we're looking over, mate, having fags and everything, and big, massive bellies on them. Looked over and went, nah, that, that can't be the team we're playing. And it was, it was all his mates, mate. It was 13 nil at half time. Mate, we played the same team at Swindon. Oh, his mates. We went to. We would have went to the exact same place. <laughs> mate, <laughs> I couldn't believe it. Mate. He was buzzing as well afterwards. We were thirteen up at half time. Like, what? 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 what we getting out of this game? But mate, his, his sessions. Um, well, I can't remember which way around it was. It was either morning was like tactical stuff, and then afternoon was just absolute slogs running around the track and everything. 200s, 400s, 600s, 800s, 800s, 600s. Mate, mental amount of running. And mate, then, that's the most running I've ever done. You the same? Yeah, oh, ever, mate, yeah. Ever. But like, it got to the point where it wasn't even getting you anywhere because you were that tired and fatigued, mate. You, you weren't getting anything out of the session. And if you said that, he would just hit the roof, mate, because he apparently, he, he told us, he on his days off, he used to go training and all this. Why is your time cut short at home, moving back to Middlesbrough? So, obviously in the January, Bruce had signed Cheong and Yelovich, and I was on loan, so I kind of thought, you know, I'm not, I'm probably not going to play. 
so I took it upon myself again, mate, uh, to go back and, and find another solution where I was going to play week in, week out. And, you know, Middlesbrough's on my doorstep. It's a, it's a team I started at when I was younger. So it was an ideal opportunity for me to go back and, and score some goals and, and, you know, hopefully try and make the, the move there permanent. Uh, another big name, mate. Cranky was your manager second time at Borough. How was he? I enjoyed him, to be fair, mate. Um, he had a he had a good way of playing. He wanted to play the right way, get the ball down and, and work through the lines and stuff like that. Uh, his English wasn't too great at the time, but obviously you have to get him by. Uh, and then obviously I think I'd scored about six goals and, and six or seven goals in that time. And You know, I thought it was possible for the to get a, a move there but for whatever reason that didn't happen so I haven't got a lot of time for him now <laughs> uh, Right various loan spells while at Sunderland before ending up at Blackburn uh, first two gaffers were Scottish Paul Lambert and Owen Coyle how are they two? I loved Lambert I loved him mate yeah, yeah I really enjoyed him mate he was he was great with the older but uh, up me I was only 30 at the time and he was he just had a way of managing the, the, the senior players and you know I remember being in meetings on a Friday and you know he'd ask you how you feel and you know if you said you were a bit stiff he'd say right stay inside have a cup of tea get a massage come out a quarter to 12 watch your set players and just little things like that mate. you don't really do a lot on a Friday anyways but just little things like that was great and it allowed me to do well I think in me in my loan spell there. He's, I enjoyed his coaching. Um, I enjoyed his banter, to be fair, mate. He was, obviously, the Dortmund thing comes up quite a bit in the Champions League. And uh, I remember we were doing a rundown with him, actually, and the ball's come to me. He's directly opposite me. So I've slapped this ball through the two in the middle and just went to him and he's miscontrolling. And I went, didn't you play for Dortmund? And then, mate, he just looked at me with a stare and I was thinking, oh, no, here we go again. What have I said? <laughs> Then shut up, shut up. But uh, he was great, mate. And to be fair, he was he was honest as the days long. He said if he didn't get any backing off the venues, he's he was off. And true to his word, mate, I think it was the second last game we seen. He said, "Listen, boys, these games I'm off," which I was quite gutted about, to be honest. What did he say? What did he say when you said, uh, "Didn't you play for Dortmund?" No, he, just, he made he just glared at me. Like, a, do not say that again, sort of, Glenn. I was like, oh, no. That won't be, that won't be coming up again. <laughs> what about Owen Coyle? <laughs> Where do I start, man? Where do I start? Honestly, we we played 4-4 open. We were mental. I think the first seven games, we played 4-4-2, mate. Zero team shape. Zero, like working on anything and we had two points out of seven games and he still kept his job I was thinking wow that's incredible that's like sackable form for anyone but his training mate was it was all sides there was no like tactical stuff or anything it was mad um, strange mate strange we used to start every five or say game with a, a goal you throw one up and you volley it you could be one nil up, man. The other team haven't touched the ball. Like wow! But then we we caught. We, to be fair, mate, we cottoned on to him. So every every team talk at um, at the grounds, you would do it on the 
uh, treatment table. So I think one day the, the bed was all messed up and he's tidied it all up, all the towels, put them all straight, put the bed, like all this stuff. So we thought, we've, we've cottoned onto it. We thought, now we'll do it again. So we've moved like more stuff and he's tidied everything up. So we thought, oh, next thing, we'll put a load of Vaseline and stuff on the um, the handles where you bring the head down. <laughs> so we're all sitting there like this, waiting for him. Sure enough, towels straightens it all out. Ramsey's hand on the thing, pulls it down, looks at it, man. It's just loaded with um, <laughs> cream and everything. We are absolutely crying. And he was going, yeah, good one, that, lads. <laughs> and he opens up this folder with his team on and we're like, oh, my God, we're getting beat today then. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God, man. Oh, I've heard lots of people who have played under him. I said he would join in as well. Same at Blackburn. Oh, I he would join in. And to be fair, don't get me wrong. See, he's finishing and stuff. His finishing was very good, very, very good. And he used to join in the drills, not like the crossing and finishing drills. And if a yeah. if a winger like put a bad cross on, he'd be like, nah, nah, nah. He'd go out on the left. Tomorrow, we'll play him a ball across. He'd, mate, he'd, honestly, his technique was decent, to be fair. He'd whip it, someone would slap it in, and he'd go, that's how you do it, fellas. I'm breastfeeding you, I'm breastfeeding you. And then he'd run back in the middle <laughs> to get a shot. <laughs> and I was like, wow, this is our gaffer, yeah. And he used to do... Um, I'm on breastfeeding you. Friday, like, he used to chip the... <laughs> used to chip the ball into him, and then he'd throw it up for, like, a half volley or a, a full volley or whatever. The next thing, he's like, right, whoever was laughing, in the lane, he'd say, Right there, I'll chip one to you. So he'd chip the ball up, the lad would throw it up, he'd connect with it, and he'd go, No, <laughs> the lads are crying on the fog. And what was that? He used to do it all the time, and we were having him off, me thinking, Oh, what are you doing? Yeah, meow. <laughs> oh, we oh, only ever do get on. <laughs> we only ever done um, one team shape in his time there mate. it was against Man United and why are you doing it against them we're more likely going to get beaten anyways do it against Burton on Saturday <laughs> do it against United they've got Ibrahimovic and Pogba yeah good one cheers oh, to be fair mate he, he told some good stories you see what no is he what you good guy so Oh man, you see what see what on Kyle would be? He would be the one of the best number twos. Uh-huh. He'd be unreal, mate. He's he's just all for the boys, mate. He was telling us a stuff when he got Burnley promoted. So obviously he got a million pound, I think it was something like bonus for getting them promoted as the gaffer. We were like, oh like, what did you say to them afterwards and that? We like buzzing. Because he doesn't drink, does he? He just drinks iron brew, mate. That's all he drinks, mate. He'd take you in the office and he'd ask you if you want a nine brew at nine o'clock in the morning. <laughs> so I went, what, what did he say to the Burnley boys afterwards? He went, oh, you know, I just said, whatever, whatever. And I went, listen, lads, thanks a million. <laughs> the end of it. I was like, oh my God, there's no way. He went, yeah, yeah, it was, it was a good one, that. And then, <laughs> thanks a million. <laughs> I love that part of the rest of you. Mate, any other story um, there, Sensational? Any more, or is that Uncoil um, story? I'm, I'm trying to think, mate. He, he used to do a game uh, 
mate, bear in mind this is a professional club in the championship, mate. We're trying we're trying to graft our nuts off to do well and we're just playing games, mate, and you go out the six yard line and you you know the goal to take the net off them, the whole net. So you'd run to the from the six yard to the goal line, you throw the ball up, head it off the bar, catch it, throw it back so your teammates had to do that. <laughs> then the next one is you had to do two headers off the bar and then the third one you had to run and then flick it over the bar but then catch it on the other side and we're looking at each other thinking what on earth are we we've got a game tomorrow and we're doing this sort of warm up mate I was thinking wow what is going on here but <laughs> mate, honestly I don't know how we saved the job as long as we did and that's not I'm not trying to be disrespectful to him as well by the way because he was a great guy and I do think he'd be a num- great number two but some of the well we didn't even do stuff mate. There, was, there was meetings after meetings oh we, we that's what we started to do so we, we had a there was a Christmas dinner right and we called a meeting ourselves with um, his assistant I'm sure he was called Sandy Sandy sure Stewart so we called a meeting Sandy. right yeah Stuart that's him yeah yeah so, so we called a meeting mate and there's 25 of us in there uh, Danny Guthrie and the gaffer's not in there so we're like talking like this oh, we need to do this we need to do more shit we need to work on stuff bloody blah, blah so goes is outside with the gaffer and obviously Christmas dinner's like being announced over the town oh yeah it's ready he comes chapping on the door so Gus went oh what's happening there and he turned to Guthrie and went Ah, mate, don't worry about them. We we know what's going on. And walked up and sat at his Christmas dinner. We're having a serious conversation, mate, about no, this is what you do, do more shape and blah blah. And he's like, ah, don't worry about that, mate. We know what's going on. Went and sat at his Christmas dinner. We're like, what is going on here? Just didn't want anything to do with technical stuff, mate. It was mad. mad. <laughs> oh, young man. Uh, right, mate. And then Tony Mowbray comes in, still the manager now. Had him at Celtic. You liked him. I think we had a love love hate relationship to be honest, mate. He, um I, I think it was about two or three weeks into his the job. Um I drove down on a Friday, day before a game. Obviously I used to stay over the day before the game and I went the M six way and I think it was a, <laughs> one of the only the M six way in my career just to change it up. And there's a massive smash, mate, and I'm stuck. It took me five hours to get in. So I get there like just before set plays at the end of uh, the session. Obviously, there's nothing I could do about him. It was a big, big accident, bloody blow. So I get in, and then he pulls me straight after training. He's like, "Ah, oh, you're not playing tomorrow." He's like, "What?" He went, "Ah, oh, no." He says you were late. He says, "Um, I need to make a stand." Um, so you're not playing? I was like, "Nah, come on." I said, "I couldn't do anything about that. It's a genuine reason. Like, there's traffic and there's been an accident." No, he was like, no, nah, I have to make a stand. So I was like, right, whatever. So I ended up getting back in the team and, and doing well towards the end of the season, uh, even though we got relegated. And then the start of the championship again, uh, he brought in Dominic Samuel from Redden for 500,000. And he, I started the season and then I don't think I played. I, sorry, I played the first two games and then I didn't get into the team until probably November time. And I was thinking, you've sat me in the office thinking, telling me that I'm going to get you 25 goals and get you promoted. Yeah, after two games, I am completely out of the squad, not getting on in games. 
and I'm thinking, wow, this is mad. So we had a kind of a love-hate relationship um, throughout the time there. But listen, I had I had four, the best, four and a half of the best years at, um, at Blackburn, especially after me time with Sunderland. There. It's a weird dynamic, mate, him and uh, Vino, isn't it? They're a complete opposite. Complete opposite, mate. Vino wants to play a certain way. The gaffer wants to play his way. And it's, 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 I don't know how they work, to be honest, mate. Obviously, I know they're good friends and stuff, but in terms of football and in terms of the way they want to play the game, they're both completely different. Yeah. Uh, right, mate, dressing room, as you said, Mulgrew, Bradley Dak. Is that one of the best dressing rooms you've played in? <laughs> yeah, I would say so, mate. Yeah. I would. Obviously, because I got a lot of time in it as well, I got four and a half years, mate, and probably three years. Three years with with most of them in there. Uh, obviously, Charlie and his his stories, and you know, he, he just constantly makes the boys laugh. Man, he was a great captain. Um, I feel as though he's harshly done by, to be honest, to find himself, you know, out on loan and stuff like that after after what he'd done for the club. I think the gaffer made a point of we conceded sixty seven goals or something. Well, this season we conceded sixty four, and Charlie didn't play. So mm. I feel as though it's kind of harsh but listen football and uh, as Daki I mean Daki had the craziest six months to League One season that's probably why he didn't play actually the start of League One uh, Daki signed and I remember I hadn't met him but he was, he was walking through the door with his agent and I'd, I'd look on YouTube to see how we played and stuff like that and I saw like, you could tell he used to like to arrive in the box at the right time and he always found space. So as he walked through the door, the first thing I said to him, I didn't even say, I said, have you signed? He went, no, just now. I said, well, get it signed. And I said, I'll get you 15 goals a season and walked off. So I, he signed. We went away yeah, on pre-season. <laughs> uh, we got our night out in the end. It always seems to be about a night out, didn't it? We get a night out in the end and then it's about, I'm sharing with Jason Steele, it's about all four and we're ordering drinks to the room, basically. Uh, Daki, I think it was a couple of others, Dom being in there. So next thing, look, it's six o'clock. Wow, this is carnage. So we get up, get up the next day and then we go back out again, right? Before we fly, fly back and we get, um, we're in this booze and we get a taxi from the boozer back to the hotel and we parked outside the hotel by the mind was steam and and I've got no money on me. So I think, right, if I sit at this side and see we get out in the front door and just scarp inside the pay. Next thing, mate. The four lads have run past me. No one's paid the taxi, mate. It was twenty three euro. Next thing we're in a police station in Austria for about <laughs> three hours. Gaffer's going ballistic. Well, like none of us had twenty-three euros. <laughs> it was just all hell breaking loose. So, I mean, that you had some some good times early on, mate. Like going out and got pulled into the gaffer's office three or four times before October. Mate, please tell me you never went vegan as well, man. <laughs> mate, I think I think about twelve. Almost did right before he come back. Nineteen percent body fat. <laughs> <laughs> so, 
He come back in 19.2. So we were like, a few of that. Caddy. Oh, Caddy. <laughs> mate, it was unbelievable. So there's a few of us, may come back not in great shape, right? So a few of the lads were like, oh, come on, we're getting this vegan thing together. We'll give it a right good go. So we had a right good go, mate, and everyone's like sticking to it. Uh, everyone's losing a lot of weight. <laughs> Next thing we get to the game against South End, mate, first game. <laughs> we had zero energy. We got licked off South End away. We were thinking, nah, scrap that vegan thing. Scrap it, mate. But it was brilliant, mate. Caddy, Caddy was, oh, mate, he, he's a great guy, you know, Caddy. Oh, absolutely uh, love him. Great guy. Technically very good as well, isn't he? Yeah. No, was a game inside out, mate. I, I really li- uh, liked him, mate, but he could pile on the pounds, couldn't he? <laughs> he's a party dick, isn't he? Mate, you were saying he was driving in the train and one day and he was hungry and he seen some watches under the car seat and he picked them up and started eating them. <laughs> Half eight in the morning on the way to training. <laughs> like what a hero, man. <laughs> you remember, but we were, in, uh, we were in Dublin at the same time as you for the Christmas do. Do you remember that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, vaguely, yeah, but I do, yeah. I do, yeah. Mate, you were heroes for, man. Big Charlie, I had a Peter Headstrip, Big Charlie, but he's all holding up. What what a group he's with. Yeah. Big Charlie's still... Where he pulls his trousers right to his ankles when he's doing a toilet in a nightclub. <laughs> yeah. He loves that one. <laughs> oh, man. What a guy. He is. I can't stress how funny he is, man. He's mental. Just the way he, the way he tells the story as well, is, it's first class, mate. Whether it's true or not, it's first class. Did he tell you the one about the young kid at Blackburn? No, go tell us this, it. This this young kid come in, right? Um, Jack Evans, he's called. And it was something like YB, uh, something like in, on the gym program, right? It was YB. So he's come in, he's like, lads, obviously Charlie's on the, <laughs> the last person you want in there, Charlie. So Charlie's on the, um, on the treatment bed. He goes, what, you don't know what a YB is? Like dead straight faced. Next thing he's went, it's a Yankee Bravo. The, the young lad's like, what? He went, no, it's a Yankee Bravo. He went, have you not done it before? He says, oh, no, it's like, it's new on my program. He says, do you know how to do it? <laughs> so I'll move this back to you. So Charlie's went, yeah, I'll, watch, I'll show you. So he gets up, mate, right? He's, no, the pull-up bar. He's stood on the pull-up bar like this, right? And he starts shaking his body backwards and forwards. <laughs> well, we are absolutely crying. He says, how many of them do you do? Like, he says, 10 full ones and he's proper like, <laughs> he's shaking his whole body, man. And we are rolling around the treatment room. Thing. <laughs> Next thing, this lad started doing it, man. Young Jack, and I'm thinking, oh my God. So we're looking through the window, you can see in the gym. <laughs> There's tears streaming down everyone's eyes. <laughs> so about two months later, man. Man, this is no way of lie about two months later. <laughs> he walks through the gym and there's Jack Evans doing the Yankee Bravo again. <laughs> we just hit the deck and he's that's not the Yankee Bravo, is it? <laughs> we were gone, man. Oh, man. That's so sharp, oh, man. Sorry, man. It's so funny. So shot, mate. But like, even what he done, mate, hanging on the bar, like shaking. You would think, nah, come on, 
on your bike, mate. That's not one. Two months later, the kid's still doing it. Yeah, the kid been doing that every day for two months, that weekend. Mate, by the way, he was like, he was an ultimate this young lad, mate. He was never out the gym. He was always doing extras, always in the gym. So, but for at least four times a week, mate, he's doing the Yankee Bravo, putting his back out, and it wasn't even an exercise. Actually, <laughs> done his back, mate. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just it off. Oh, mate, that's sensational, That's one of my favourite stories. Ever. Uh, what was it? Oh, you just one, mate. How was the celebrations then? Good. Oh, mate. Yeah. To be fair, mate, we we. We kind of stopped the bus up on uh, before the game, not like in an arrogant way, just just in case like we were go- we were going to get the job done. But at the time, I think we'd lost one in thirty two, so we were we were we were on a great run. There we were flying, and even when we weren't playing well, we were somehow finding a way to turn teams over. So you know, when Big Charlie stuck our header in, um, you know, we knew it was on sort of thing. So. After the game, we went back in the dressing room, a few bottles, and then we went back out to see the fans. Because to be fair, mate, the, the pretty much there was about four or five thousand Blackburn fans around the Doncaster end, all around that end. So it was probably more away fans than it was home fans. So we went back out with them, and you know we just mushing around, and you know what you whatever you do, cleansings and all that stuff when you get promoted and. Pretty much straight on, straight back in the dressing room. I think we were in there for about an hour, made just sink bottles, um, you know, having a laugh, putting the music on and what have you. And then there's about five of us, five of us went to uh, Manchester. But then after the season, we we done Vegas. Uh, was, I think it was about 12 of us, 13 of us went to Vegas, mate, and, and celebrated the pop you like, to be fair. Yankee Bravo's in Vegas, mate. Yankee Bravos, straight down Wet Republic, unbelievable scene. That's <laughs> you away from the club, but you sad to go? I'm sad, but again, mate, I've touched on it before. I didn't play as much as I, I feel as I, I deserved last season. Um, you know, especially after the season before, I won player of the year and players player of the year. And then first game of the new season, mate, I wasn't even in the, in the starting 11, which which was kind of strange and again I think that goes back to the love-hate relationship with, with uh, Mowbray but I didn't play nowhere near as enough as uh, I wanted to um, I just recently reached 600 games in my career and I feel as though I've got two or three more years left at, at a good level mate so I feel as though it was the right time probably and the club to, to part ways and I'm I'm just kind of glad it ended the way it did mate when you know, the fans loved me there. Uh, I got to play me 600th career game in my last game for Blackburn. So it, it's ended quite well, mate. And I, I do feel as I'm ready for a, another club. Danny, what a man. Absolute pleasure, mate. Thanks very much. No problem at all. Thank you for having me. ACAST powers the world's best podcasts. Here's a show that we recommend. 
Hi, I'm Jesse Crookshank. Jesse Crookshank. I host the number one comedy podcast called Phone a Friend. Girl, let's phone a friend. Not only do I break down the biggest stories in pop culture with guests like Dan Levy and members of InSync, I do it with my own personal boy band singing jingles throughout because it's my show. It's your show, girl. New episodes of Phone a Friend. Yeah. Drop Thursdays wherever you get your podcasts. So work it, girl. Yeah, work it. Okay, that's enough. Acast helps creators launch, grow, and monetize their podcasts everywhere. Acast.com. Hey, Prime members. You can listen to this show ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.